Welcome back to That Damn Sports Podcast. We actually have a cool episode where I am with Mikey. Um, I, for those who don't know, um, I'm using my last year of eligibility for soccer to play at Columbia College, and I'm living here in Columbia in the same town as Mikey for the first time ever. Um, so this has been really cool that we're going to be able to hopefully record a lot more in person. Um, it just gives it a better feel and a, a better environment, in my opinion. Um, before we get started, just a friendly reminder, um, you can stream all of our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your streaming platforms. Um, you can also follow us on social media at Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter, and there's one I'm forgetting. TikTok. TikTok at that damn sports podcast, D-A-M. Um, this episode going to be primarily football-based, uh, with college football right, literally right around the corner. Um, we're going to dive into a little bit of college football. A little side note to that. So we've talked about it in previous episodes. Mikey is currently working with the South Carolina football team. Um, so he, is, he, he can't comment too much on, 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 a, on some things, but I will be making my comments because I do not work for the football team, so I will say how I feel. But Mikey, on the other hand, um, has to be a little more careful. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, we'll start with college football. We're going to get into some NFL later on, um, some, some sleepers and some people that have stood out and have in good and bad ways as rookies. Um, but for now, jumping into college football, and I thought the best way to do this, at least at first, was look at the top 25, um, the AP top 25 that came out. Um, and there's a lot of head scratchers in here for me, if I'm being honest. Um, but I guess we'll just start at the top. You know, I think there's no debate here, um, honestly, with the first four. I think Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson are rightfully one, two, three, and four. Um, I know Georgia defending national champs, um, but with Alabama – just being Alabama and bringing back pr- primarily their entire team, um, I think there's there's really it's a no brainer to put them at one. That, my only thing is, you could argue Georgia over Ohio State at at two and three, but that's uh, I don't think it's as relevant considering it's they're still third in the country. Do you have any complaints with the top four? No, I, I would put Alabama at number one, even though we saw that what Georgia did to them in the national championship game. But, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue against Alabama being number one, especially when, you know, you got the best coach in college football with Nick Saban obviously being there. But I would definitely put Georgia over Ohio State. I think Georgia has earned that right, especially winning a national championship against Alabama. I don't think it's fair to put Ohio State above them just yet. But I could see Ohio State being the better team later on down the line. But I think when we're starting off the season, I think Georgia deserves to be at least number two. Yeah, and, and this is the thing with, with the SEC – these teams are going to be the, – the rankings preseason always work out like this. It's always the SEC teams are, are filled in the top 25. Because we have to play each other the entire season, it, it's going to change drastically. Because I even see A&M at six. Well, they're in the west with Alabama. I mean, that, that's definitely going to get shaken up as well. With that being said, and this is a little – I was going to ask you, but now, now that I just brought up a and I'm going to say it. I do like A&M over Alabama. I, I do. Um, I think A&M – it's slow. This is a bold statement, I know, but they are slowly progressing into the new Alabama, in my opinion. With the amount of recruiting, the, the, the star-studded recruiting classes they are, they are starting to get over Alabama, the recruits are bringing in, they're really starting to utilize that SEC and Texas, um, just combining the two together to really build some very strong recruiting classes. I, I'm saying in a couple years from now, be very, very weary of a and I think A&M is going to be the new powerhouse in the years to come. It's funny you say that because I was when I saw AM at, at number six, I was like, dude, AM's gonna be good. AM with their recruiting class coming in, I mean, 
they are they're taking college football by storm. And A and M's always been a good team. They've they've always been competitive. They've always been in the top twenty five, and they're going to be a serious fucking team. If not this year, they they will be a good team this year. But in the years coming, Texas A and M is going to be a team where nobody nobody wants to play. Even Alabama and Ohio right. State, those types of teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think if you're in, if you're Alabama now, you're intimidated by A and M after oh, yeah. losing to them last year. Um, the only bright spot is, if I'm not mistaken, that was in that was at. College, College Station. Station yeah. So now I think this year is in Tuscaloosa. That game I have circled. I, I'm not a fan of either team. I have the game circled with the Jimbo Fisher and um, Nick Saban back and forth on the, you know. Yeah, they got they got some beef. Apparently Saban accused A&M of, of cheating, with, or not really cheating, but the NIL with the paying and stuff. Jimbo yeah. Fisher said that's BS, and he said that Saban is a terrible coach, and like in terms of as a person. And that game is going to be interesting because Nick Saban doesn't say much, but you know for a fact – he like he just builds it all up mentally, yep. and he wants to. He would if he could. He would put eighty on AM. Oh, hundred percent. And uh-huh. same same thing with Jimbo Fisher. I mean, if, if whatever team is, is winning, they're going to try to run up the score at least. Right, and they have the confidence. They did it last year. Now it was at home, but they did it last year, so they know they can. That's going to be a game I'm very interested in. Um, it's going to determine the West, in my opinion, because I don't think either one of these teams lose to anybody else in the West. Yeah, um, no, except each other. Um, another one right at seven. That I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm, I know everything about them. But Utah at seven just seems very, very strange to me. Um, they, this is not what I thought it was. Um, they're in the Pac-12, so their record is going to naturally be good. Yeah. But when you're in the Pac-12, how I, I just I don't really know how good they actually are. It's just it's just the competitive side. I feel like yeah, the record is going to be good, but is that going to be an indicator of how actually good they really are? I mean, they're they're playing against teams that are not as competitive as. You know, teams of the ACC or the SEC, you know, those types of things. Utah, I mean, I think they're going to be a good team, but to put them at seven, I think, I mean, Utah will probably be around the 15 to 20 range. And honestly, I would not be surprised if they fall out of the top 25 because they do lose to a team they shouldn't have because I don't have that much confidence in Utah. I mean, I don't know too much about Utah, but just solely based off what I've seen from last year and years coming, I mean, Utah at seven is kind of a head-scratcher for me. Yeah, Utah... They're always one of the one of the better teams in the Pac-12, but like I said, I think the Pac-12 is the worst Power Five conference. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna say this now. Now that I'm looking at their schedule. Week one, I think they get dropped out of the top ten um, because they play Florida. And while Florida, you know, isn't isn't the Florida that we're used to, yeah, it's still an SEC caliber team. Um, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's in um, in, the in Gainesville or not, but I don't think it really matters. I like Florida over them week one, and I think Utah gets knocked out. I just and I, and I think after that, I mean, their schedule looks pretty easy other, up until they play um, USC and Oregon at the end of the year. But, yeah, Utah for me is a is, is big question mark. Uh, I, I think the reason they got so high up is because they probably are the best team in the Pac-12. Yeah. But I don't really know what that means. They're going to have a good record um, due to the fact that they don't really play anybody too challenging. But I do think they lose to Florida, and they'll probably end up dropping to either USC or Oregon. Um, and that will knock them out of the playoff contention. Because I don't think – if Utah does somehow beat – I mean, if they do beat Florida and they split with either USC or Oregon and with a one-loss Utah team, that's a team that I guess – and a Pac-12 championship could in technicality make it to the playoff. Yeah. But I don't I – don't, I just can't see Utah as a playoff caliber team. No, I know. Uh, at all. I don't either. Um, so, yeah. I was one that I thought was kind of questionable out of seven. Um, I'm looking down another one. Okay, so you got – Michigan are always there. They're, I know they beat Ohio State last year. I just don't think 
they can compete with Ohio State. I think the Big Ten is a one-team race as well. Michigan's always been like that. Michigan's always a good team, but when it comes up to against top-caliber teams, we always see Michigan kind of shrink in those big moments, and it's kind of been a, what they've been for years. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, USC beat them in a bowl game a couple years back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michigan hasn't been able to play top top-caliber teams and beat them in so long. Every time they're about to be in the college playoff run, they always find a way to mess it up. And there's always hype about them. They're, I, but, and like I said, I know they beat Ohio State, but I feel like there definitely is, is it's just Michigan. I think there's, I find it very hard for Michigan to run the table and then also beat Ohio State and then win the Big Ten Championship um, to get to the playoff. And maybe it's, I don't really have any real reasoning behind it. It's just the fact that it's Michigan. Yeah. Um, and it's what they always do. Yeah. Um, and then an interesting thing I noticed here at nine, the first Big 12 team um, is Oklahoma, but they're all the way down at nine. Um, you lose your coach. You lose two quarterbacks. Um, lose a tight end. Yeah, he lose a tight end. They lost a, a lot of pieces there. I, I'm really shocked that Oklahoma is here at nine. I mean, if I'm looking at Oklahoma, obviously they're going to be a competitive team no matter what. They're always they're always a good team. But when you lose a head coach, two quarterbacks, and a key pieces around that team, I don't know if they're going to be able to compete the way they used to. Yeah, and the thing them, and I know I just said I think the Pac-12 is the worst conference in college football, like Power Five. I think this year, though, specifically, I think it's the Big 12. Because um, you have a clump here from 9 to 12. You have three Big 12 teams um, with Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't think the Big 12 is going to have any sort of a, any kind of a team that's even remotely close to the playoff contention. Yeah. Um, not a lot of talent in that conference this year. Uh, I, my personal opinion, I think Oklahoma State's the best team in that conference. Um, I know they're at 12 to start the season, but I think Oklahoma State's the best team. Um, they were – a yard away from proving that last year and winning yeah. the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're not I, – I, I agree with the rankings here. I, I guess my, my whole point saying this is, like, the Big 12 is really, really down. Um, it's it's down. A team that I'm, I'm interested to see who I think is going to be a really good team in the ACC is NC State. And see – NC State has a really good quarterback. They've had really good quarterback play. I mean, I think I'm, – I'm blanking on his name, but he had, like, 35 touchdowns. He had, he had a good amount of passing yards. I mean – I'm telling you, NC State is due for a big upset, whether that's against Clemson or someone else. Watch out for NC State. I think they could sneak into the top ten maybe early, but they're going to be a competitive team. and It's someone I don't want to play in the ACC. Even though the ACC is a little bit weaker, I don't think they compete with SEC teams, but in the ACC, they're going to be a team where they're probably going to be competing for that ACC championship game. I'm sorry. I, 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 if you call back to a, a long – it was a while ago. It was an episode. You don't like, like NC State. It was an episode where it was just me and David, and a way too early poll put them at eight. Okay, so now the actual poll comes out there at thirteen. I'm not a believer in NC State at all, and I know the big thing that people are arguing with NC State right now because I, my argument was last year they I think they were an eight win team. Um, their bowl game got canceled, so yeah, I think they were an eight win team. Could have possibly been nine, um, and I know they're and, the, and I got a lot of feedback from um, I have a friend named Ethan who goes to NC State. He's a big NC State fan. He says like, yeah, but we're bringing back almost everybody. I get that. And you're bringing back a lot of pieces, but the pieces that you had here still were an eight-win team. So what? What's the difference now? I mean, I look at last year for them. Um, yes, they had that, that big win against they, that big overtime win against Clemson. But keep in mind, Clemson was not the Clemson we were used to. I mean, right? Clemson still had a really good defense, and when they played Georgia the first game, they looked decent. So I mean, I, I'm not a big Clemson fan, but I'm not going to sit here and say Clemson was terrible. Their no, defense is good, and to put up 27 against Clemson as NC State. I mean, Georgia couldn't even put up that many points against. Well, keep in mind they put up twenty-seven in overtime, and also I get like I'm not saying Clemson's a bad win, but it's not like a you hear Clemson typically and it's like oh you beat Clemson like 
it didn't mean necessarily as much as it did before because of the play of Clemson last year. They also lost by 14 to Mississippi State, who was a mediocre SEC school. You know, and I'm trying to see who else they lost to. They lost to Miami, <laughs> unranked Miami team. They beat Louisiana Tech by seven. Um, I mean, I, Wake Forest been now. Wake Forest played in the ACC championship. I get that, but still, I mean, they they got beat to death by Pitt. So, my my thing with NC State is I don't know why the hype is there. Well, I think they're going to be a good ACC team, and I look at their schedule, and their non-conference is. Very, very, very weak. So maybe that's why I look at it. Their non-conference games are East Carolina, which they're going to win. Texas Tech, who is a mediocre Big Twelve team that plays absolutely no defense. So they're going to. I think they beat Texas Tech. They play UConn and Charleston Southern, and the rest of that is ACC is in-conference teams. So their non-conference is a joke. Well, it's the ACC, and then if you're really looking at Wake Forest, Wake Forest unfortunately doesn't have Sam Hartman now because he's out for the year. Right. Um, so I think they're going to beat Wake Forest now. I mean they're. Looking at right here, they're playing Boston College. They won Boston College. They won against Boston College last time. UNC. UNC's not looking like they're on the right track, especially after the season they had last year. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. There's, there's not a lot of teams I would bet against NC State in, the, in their, in their season right. Yeah, here. I mean, I, and the thing is, I look at it, and obviously, you know, we know how college football works. It's we look at this and we see NC State's ranked, and all their opponents are unranked. I mean, they could easily drop to a Syracuse, a Florida State, uh, Virginia Tech. Like we never know. They're not going to drop to Syracuse. Florida State, maybe Florida State is up on the rise a little bit, but it's Florida State. I'm just saying, from what I've seen from these teams and what I've seen from NC State, especially now with a more experienced college quarterback who did have a good season last year, I think NC State's going to roll the tables with these with these teams. And and that's the thing. I, and I guess maybe that's why they're at 13, because. They're, they're more than likely going to sweep their non-conference games. Yeah. Their first four, the hardest game on their schedule is Texas Tech. And you can even argue East, East Carolina is a harder game than Texas Tech. Um, so I think they're 4-0 through there. Clemson is definitely their hardest matchup. Yeah. Um, if they beat Clemson, I mean, I don't see how you don't put NC State in the, in the top ten, if, especially if they, yeah. if they wipe all the, all the four with these teams. I mean, And that's going to be interesting. I, I personally, from a talent perspective, I don't think NC State is – a top 10 team, but with this schedule, and we've seen it before, with this schedule, if they were to beat Clemson and say they run the tape, I mean, it, you beat Clemson, there is a legitimate possibility they go they, undefeated. Exactly. Now, That's why I'm putting NC State. Okay. I'm confident that NC State will be a top 10 team. I think they do beat Clemson. Now that I look at it, I could even say I think they could be a top, a top 10 team. They're definitely going to be a top 15 team. If they beat Clemson. Right. But I'm only saying that. My original th- statement with NC State was, I just don't think they're good enough talent-wise. Now that I've looked at their schedule and I've seen their non-conference, I, I do see your point. I think if they beat Clemson, maybe, maybe. Do I think they – and if they were to go undefeated when the ACC, they would have to get a spot in the playoff. I think it would be the worst team to ever make the playoff. There's a legitimate but, chance that they actually make the playoff. So even if they lose to Clemson and they're a one-loss team, they're still a top-10 team. Maybe, yeah. maybe if they don't sneak in the top-10, they're, they're still a top-15 team. The only way NC State's going to make it in the playoff, and I know we're, we're really harping on NC State right now, but this is a team that I think is the most controversial. If they lose to Clemson, right, but say Clemson loses a couple games and NC State wins the ACC. So they're a one-loss team, but they've won the ACC. What do you the do? Only t- you, you, you can't put them in the playoff. I'm gonna put. I don't think you can put them in the playoffs. I'm gonna put a one loss. There's a conversation. For I'm gonna put a one loss team that maybe a one loss SEC team that maybe didn't even make the the, the SEC championship over NC State because you when you when you get to the committee side of it you gotta look at their schedule. Okay, they preseason they're only playing two. There's only two teams on here that are ranked. Okay, and say one of their losses to Clemson we lost one of the ranked teams. The only other one is number 22 Wake Forest who probably isn't gonna be ranked by the time you play them because Sam yeah. Hartman. Yeah. 
you can't look at the schedule and be like, oh, their only tough game was against Clemson. They lost that. They played absolutely nobody out of conference. NC State, the only way NC State's making a playoff, they got to run the table. Yep. Completely. No, I agree, but that's why I said there's, there's a, little bit, a legitimate chance they do it. <sighs> yeah. Dang. That's going to be interesting. Um, okay, we got off NC State for now. I don't believe in NC State. I think they will <laughs> find a way to screw this up. Mikey is a little bit more of a believer. I have a little bit of belief in them. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they run the table. We're going to see. They're going to they're, they're gonna be in the top ten after week four because – and I, this will be the last thing I'll say. They're going to be top top ten by the end of uh, week four because their first four non-conference games are – Yeah, 100%. And they're going to move up three spots, and they're going to probably be like 10-9 because someone's going to lose. Somewhere around there. Um, so you got USC, not South Carolina, the fake USC. Yep, fake USC. Um, Southern California. That's an interesting one. It's very interesting right. because they picked up, um, and now I can't, Jordan Addison from Pitt, yep. who I think is going to be a, I'm calling it right now. I think Jordan Addison, because he, he was unreal at Pitt with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. But because he was at Pitt, he didn't necessarily get as much national you know, recognition. Yeah. Everyone knew he was a great receiver, but he didn't get as much national. A lot of people don't even know who Jordan Addison is, and he was one of the best receivers in all college football the past yeah. year. He's going into his junior year. He now gets Caleb Williams. As Lincoln Riley, as Lincoln coach. Riley is a coach, I think Jordan Addison is a either a Heisman contender or he's a the best receiver in college football statistically by the end of this yeah. year. No, I agree. I think Caleb Williams has a good year because he's going into the Pac-12, but I don't think USC is a team to worry about if you're a team like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia. I, I'm not concerned with them. In my opinion. I wouldn't say I'd be too concerned. I, I mean, I'd still look at them. And, you know, it, they're, they're not a scrub team. They're going to be a good team. But they're not going to be a team I'm, I'm too entirely concerned with. It's their first year. Caleb Boone's first year at USC. Lincoln Riley's first year at USC. Obviously, they're going to have to work some things out. They'll probably get off to a little bit of a slow start and not look as good as people probably think they should. Yeah. But they're still a team where if you don't game plan for them, you don't prepare the right way, they, they can hang some points up on you and, and stay in the game. Yeah, and, and they're going to look good. Record-wise, they're going to look good. I, I mean – because if I look at the Pac-12, okay, you have, we've talked about Utah. Okay. I, I'm not going to say that. Like I said, I'm not going to act like I know a lot about Utah. I honestly saw it in the seven. I was like, I, don't, I couldn't really tell you much about them. It's just yeah. Utah. Oregon is the next team ranked ahead of them. So there's two teams ahead of them in the Pac-12. Oregon, their success is going to be solely based on Bo Nix. Yep. Right? If Bo Nix can perform, which I'm not too confident in Bo Nix. I'm not too high on Bo Nix. But he did have Mike Bobo as offense coordinator. Yeah, yeah, Mike Bobo. All my homies hate Mike Bobo. (laughs) Um, Oregon is going to be – it's solely based on on, on Bo Nix. I'm not too high on Bo Nix. If I look look at this, unless Utah has some stuff that I'm just really oblivious to, I think USC is arguably the best team in the Pac-12. Yeah. But that record is going to look a lot better than what they really are. Yeah. Um, Like I said, Adam Jordan Addison, bringing in Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams – you know they're gonna be good, but I don't think they're I don't think they're a playoff caliber team either. I think the playoff caliber teams are really set in stone up at the top. I think the top six. Yeah. And honestly, we didn't even talk about this, and we need to before we continue to go down. Notre Dame at five. Let me I just get your initial thoughts on that. I hate it. I hate it. I, I hate Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's a joke. They should be in a conference. Um, Notre Dame. I'm, I'm not too confident in Notre Dame. I mean. Just everything that I – they're, they're kind of like they're kind of like Michigan. They always start off pretty good. They always beat the teams that they should. And then when they gets to the big-time moments where they're going to play an actual competitive team, they always choke. They always choke. Notre Dame does it every single year. Time in, time out again. They're going to choke. I'm I'll tell you this. Notre Dame. I'm not on Notre Dame either. I think you got a first-year head coach coming in, which now he's been there for a while, so it's not as much like he's a first-year. He's been at Notre Dame for a long time. So 
He knows it's not like you're bringing in some some guy who hasn't been around. Like yeah. he knows the players, he has a relationship with them, whatever the program. I'll say this: if they have a good record with this schedule, they're legit. And it's it's hard for me to say that because every time we think they're legit, they get in the playoff and then they embarrass themselves. They even were they were like that back when the BCS system was around when they would get a game against Alabama in the national championship and then get mollywopped. I mean, exactly. they, they're all they've always been like that. Yeah. This year, I don't know if you can make that same argument though. I mean, they could always go to the playoffs and lose. Week one, they're playing Ohio State. I think they get slapped by her. I think Ohio State slaps them as well. But okay, so this guy hypotheticals here. I think they lose Ohio State, but then you go down November fifth, so into the season they play Clemson. Oof. What if they beat I, Clemson then? And say Clemson stays up. Say that this is this would be very. It's, it's all going to be determined on how good Clemson actually exactly. is. So say we'll say we'll say Clemson stays a top five team, right? Yeah, but Clemson doesn't. I need to see Clemson's schedule before I say I, even if Clemson's a top five team, it's about all who they play. I agree, but with Clemson's track record, right in the past, that that the committee is now that it's people they take that into account. Yeah. So now that Clemson Clemson's history and say they're in the top five by the time Notre Dame plays them. They lost the number two Ohio State in week one, but they beat Clemson. So you have a one-loss Notre Dame team. Oh, and they play USC. The they be, if they beat USC and they only lose to Ohio State, then do you put them in? You got to put them in. You, would you put them in over a one-loss SEC team? No. Just say Georgia. Well, it depends on who Georgia they, runs the table, teams. loses to Alabama in the SEC no, championship. Georgia's in, hundred percent. That's this Notre schedule. Dame. I didn't realize Georgia's over Notre Dame. Notre Dame said, "You know what? We're tired." Texas of- A&M. If they got one loss, Texas A&M over Notre Dame. Because even I mean, man, you look at this this schedule. The only way uh, they were probably they, tired of hearing that they don't like. If if they do well, if they have a, a, a really good record with this schedule, it's gonna be hard to argue against it because you look. Even some of the, the teams aren't big names. You play Ohio State week one. You're playing Cal, which I mean, still it's still not yeah. a cakewalk. UNC, you got UNC. Stanford's on there. That's gonna be a good Stanford's win. Be Stanford. Not a bad team. BYU is preseason twenty five. I don't know if they'll still be there, but they, that's still a good win if you yeah. beat BYU. Um, Clemson and then USC to close the season. Boston College is not. They got a tough. Team. I'm not gonna lie. They got Notre Dame has a tough schedule. No, they do. The only way Notre Dame gets in is one if they go undefeated, right? If they go undefeated, that's how they'll get in easily. Yeah. If they lose to Ohio State and they have one loss. The only way they get in is if an SEC team, if an SEC team has two losses. Let's say like if Georgia or Texas A&M has one loss, they're getting above. But if Texas A&M has two losses, if Georgia has two losses and Notre Dame only has one, that's how they that's how they sneak in. Yeah. But if it's tied one and one with one loss and one loss, they're not getting it. Normally, my argument with Notre Dame is they, they always fail when the moments when when yeah. they get up against a big team, and that their schedule is weak and they're not in the conference. It's always an argument. They kind of debunked that here though because they are playing some of the top teams. They're playing two of the teams in the top four preseason. So if they hang in with them, it's kind of hard to argue they don't deserve to be in the playoffs and to play the big teams because they did play them. Well, yeah, it's not debunked because we haven't seen them play yet. But exactly. Yeah. If they do it, then then we're like, oh well, Notre Dame. Is actually legit this year because we've seen it early on. But again, I don't think they beat Ohio State. I don't know if they beat. There's a chance they beat Clemson, but if they also lose to Clemson too, and they got two losses against two top ten, top five teams, then there's there's no shot they get in. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna t- that's a tricky one. Notre Dame. I did not realize their schedule was that interesting. Um, that is going to be interesting um, to see how that unfolds because. Yeah, that I didn't realize they played Clemson, and I I, I think I knew they played Clemson. I did not realize they also played Ohio State to open the season. Um, now, going to move back down the list. Skip a couple because you got Michigan State, Miami, Pitt. I mean, at this point, I mean, you don't really – they're ranked. 
you don't but, really you know, know you put expect. Pitt up there because they had Kenny Pickett, what they did. You, you throw him in there because of what they did last year. Who knows with the quarterback yeah. situation this year what Pitt's going to do. Miami, I, I mean, who knows. Michigan State, that's a toss-up. They're probably going to be an 8-9 win team like they always are. Yep. Wisconsin's the same. Um, one thing I am noticing, though, is 19-20-21, we got three SEC schools. Um, Wake Forest at 22, but without Sam Hartman, I, I just don't see Wake Forest yeah. being relevant. Um, Cincinnati, you know, they really had, had their chance last year. Really good. They lost pretty much everybody. Desmond yeah. Ritter, your experienced veteran quarterback, you lose. Sauce Gardner, your, your best DB. Yep. I don't see Cincinnati. I'm doing interested. What the thing that's weird to me, and I guess this will transition. One, I just want to say this at 20, Arkansas at 19, Kentucky at 20, Ole Miss at 21. One thing I want to say at, for Kentucky at 20, and I, I'm typically one I'm very good about my language, but I'm going to break that rule right now. Fuck Kentucky. And fuck Mark Stoops. And we'll get into that in a little bit. I am not they, – they've got – and I, I can't think of his name. They've got a quarterback, experienced guy. Um, they, there's a lot of hype around Kentucky for them to be another eight-win team, seven-win yeah. team. Which, which isn't bad, especially in the SEC. Like, that's a good football team. But when you're looking at the top 25 teams, I mean, yeah, they're probably maybe a 25, 24, somewhere around there. But, I mean – it's all going to depend on on the quarterback play, and I, I hate Kentucky too. I mean, Mark Stoops. I mean, he called out he called out us for absolutely no reason. I think he's a little bit jealous of what we're building, but I mean, Kentucky. I'm not going to sit here and say they're a bad team because they're not. They're not a bad team. They're a good football team, but I don't think it's anyone you're really scared. Of. Like, oh God, we're playing Kentucky. No, yeah, like, eh, we're playing Kentucky. I, as a Gamecock fan, it's hard to hate on Kentucky because they've owned us for the past yeah. decade, but. I still for it's like the, the the amount of hype that's around them, especially this offseason for whatever reason, and Mark Stoops with him going at John Calipari, the basketball coach at Kentucky, which tried to argue that it wasn't a basketball school. Kentucky's a basketball school. You look at your football record and look at your your like your football history and your basketball history, and it is a significant, significant difference. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna argue your argument to him was we won two bowl games, we won back to back two bowl games. Who cares? Like I mean, I, I'm one. I'm big on bowl games. Yeah. You can't argue with a, with a John Calipari, who's won numerous national championships with Kentucky, sent the most NBA players in the NBA than any other college in, in yeah, yeah. the history of college basketball, and then you're going to sit there and say you're a football school because you won two bowl games back to back. Fuck right. You can't. You can't say you're you're, you're a football team. Yeah. Or yeah. a football. A school. football Sorry. school. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you are a football team, but you're not a football. And team. the hype around it, I look at their schedule. They play my home. I'm gonna go. I'll go game by game, and I know you're with USC, so you don't have to do this. But this is just me. Also, going is my personal. What I think is gonna happen. You got Miami, Ohio. Okay, you want to know? Okay, we'll say you beat Florida, two and zero. Beat Youngtown State, Northern Illinois. So through four weeks, you're four and zero. I think you lose to Ole Miss, four and one. I think you lose South Carolina, four and two. Mississippi State, I'll give you that win, five and two. Tennessee, I think you lose to Tennessee, you're five and three. You beat Missouri, six and three. Beat Vanderbilt, seven and three. Lose to Georgia, you're seven and four. Louisville, you beat them, you're eight and four. That's, that's typically what they are, though. They're, it's, I mean, eight nine win team. I'm not going to. You know, I know you hate Kentucky, and I'm, not, I'm obviously I don't like Kentucky either. But I'm I'm going to say here and say Kentucky is a good team. No, I mean, they they, are. they could beat Old Miss too. So I mean, the, I could see them beating Ole Miss. I could also see them beating Tennessee. Yeah. Um. So when you look at it that way, and I could also see, you know, maybe they pick up a game on a team that they shouldn't beat. They could be a nine ten win team realistically. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. But if I'm looking at it realistically, Kentucky can be a ten win team until. It's just the hype, and it's Mark Stephen, like you said, he called out Shane Beamer for whatever reason. No reason at all. I, I don't know how you can sit, call out Shane Beamer for anything. He's yeah. not that kind of coach at all. He hasn't done – I mean, he's just 
embracing the culture. Ah, it, they really pissed me off because of his, his tweet towards John Calipari, the head basketball coach at your school. Yep. That brings in a lot of money for your program. It's yeah. one of the very few universities where the basketball team is helping the football team out yeah. a lot. And then you're going to go at Shane Beamer. It's like, who? you're Kentucky. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Uh, that, that's where I get frustrated. Because I look at it, you're probably, realistically though, I know you said, they, they, yes, they could win 10 games. There's a lot of teams that could win 10 games. Yeah. Kentucky's going to probably win around 7, 8, yeah. maybe 9. Maybe 9 if all goes well. Okay, you go to another bowl game, you win that. You're going to go brag about your third bowl game in a row to John Calipari, <laughs> who's, playing, who's playing in his... 30th consecutive NCAA tournament? I mean, I mean, if he didn't call out these coaches and everything, and then you look at Kentucky and they won a bowl game to have eight wins, you're like, yeah, he's, he's doing well. But since now you're calling people out, and it's like, well, now you're raising the bar a little bit more because right. you're saying all these things. You got to go and I'm, be and a I'm top a, 10, top 15. Team I'm a Gamecock. I'm a Gamecock, and it's hard for me to argue and hard for me to say talk much bad about Kentucky based on the, the recent history between yeah. the two. But I'm also a Gamecock. I'm not sitting around. I'm one of the most honest Gamecock fans. I'm not sitting around calling out. And, and attacking other people. You don't see Shane Beamer calling out people. Yeah. Until you get to that point, you can't do that. I don't know. Fuck Kentucky. Fuck Mark Stoops. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, and then, yeah, so that kind of closes out our top 25. Um, question I had for you. Actually, I'll, answer, I'll, I'll go first and let you go. As a team that you did not see in that list that you think could make a lot of noise this year, mine is an SEC team. That would just so happen to be Tennessee Volunteers. I think Tennessee is primed for a really, really good year, okay? The quarterback battle right now, they have Joe Milton. He's the transfer from Michigan as a starting quarterback, okay? He's got Big Ten experience. He started – he threw for 1,000 yards in 2020, or like not more than 1,000 yards, but he played yeah. <laughs> at Michigan. Um, I think he lost a job last year or he either got injured. It was one of the two. Um, he transferred in. They also have Hendon Hooker, who was the starter last year. Who was, who was a pretty good quarterback. They're both very good dual threats. Have, have Hendon Hooker, I know, especially as a cannon as an arm. Yeah. Um, so the, they're fine at quarterback. You can either, honestly, they're, both quarterbacks are so similar. You can start either one of them, and they're, gonna, and they're fine. And both of them have starting experience. Hendon Hooker started in the SEC all last year, had a decent year. Joe Milton started in the Big Ten at Michigan, which is one of the best Big Ten schools. Then you got Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt as your receivers. They've got, a, they've got a majority of their defense coming back. I was honestly really surprised not to see Tennessee in here. They have Tennessee is going to have one of the most explosive offenses in all of college football. Yeah, I they mean, are a very high. They they push the tempo. They 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 don't. It's like a no huddle all the time. Just go go go. A lot of deep bombs down the field. They're very explosive. They're going to catch a lot of teams by surprise. And then I look at their their schedule. Right. Okay. You you, you play you play Pitt. I I like Tennessee over Pitt. If I'm being honest, um, I like Tennessee over Florida. Uh, I like Tennessee. I mean, I guess it's a toss-up, but I, with with the way that LSU looks right now, I like Tennessee over LSU. I don't know uh, if I take. I don't know if I take LSU or, or Tennessee over LSU just yet. I think LSU is, is LSU is still a really good team in my opinion. They're not what they used to be, but I, I don't know if Tennessee is there just yet. I think they will be sooner rather than later. But I don't know if I take LSU or Tennessee over LSU. See, well, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm high on Tennessee, right? I, I, I think Tennessee, through the first five weeks, is 5-0. and That's a bold statement because you've got to have to beat a ranked pit team. you got to beat Florida, and you got to beat LSU. Yeah. You also have Ball State and Akron, which I think I they I think they, they dropped handle. one of those three, though. I, like I said, I'm shooting high on them. I think they're 5-0 and going into Alabama. They're not going to beat Alabama. Yeah. I think they give Alabama a fight. That is a rivalry already. Tennessee typically plays Alabama pretty well. There's sometimes yeah. it doesn't happen, but for the most part, Tennessee typically gives Alabama a fight. Yeah. It, and, I don't, and I don't know for sure because it didn't tell me right here. If it's in Neyland – Especially, I give Tennessee – I think Tennessee's going to give Alabama a fight. Do I think they win? No. And if that's, that's what sucks if you're a Tennessee fan. 
you know, like in the SEC, every team has their partner, like yeah. their West partner, and they play every year. So yeah. there's one team you randomly get every year, and then there's one team you get. It's like South Carolina, ours is A&M. Yep. No matter what, we play A&M. Tennessee, no matter what, they're playing Alabama. Yep. That sucks. And that's terrible. <laughs> that's awful. That's just because that's it's one a bad break. That's a conference loss right there off the bat. Automatically. And then, but then I think they beat Kentucky. I just said that. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Kentucky. They're going to lose to Georgia. They beat Tennessee. I, 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 as a, as a fan. As a pure fan, I'm being super honest here. I think South Carolina beats Tennessee. <laughs> I think South Carolina beats Tennessee. But also, I could go. I could see, and I know you can't comment. I can see that game going either way. Carolina wins. I Carolina think wins. there is a there is a possibility. I think worst case Tennessee wins seven games. I think worst case they win seven. I think best case Tennessee wins nine ten games. With ten games being their only two losses are to Alabama and Georgia. Now, they the SEC is just loaded because if things go the way that we're thinking, I mean, the SEC's got a lot of competitive teams. Yeah, but I, I really, really like Tennessee. I'm higher on Tennessee than I am Ole Miss. I'm higher on Tennessee than I am on Kentucky and then, then Arkansas, and all three of those teams are ranked. And I like Tennessee over all of them. We're going to see them. I'm really big on them. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like Tennessee. I have a very bad history of Tennessee. I won't get into the details of that, but me and, me and the Tennessee fan base are not the best of friends. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of Tennessee. But I do with, with the – and I, like I said, their defense is bringing out a lot of people. We'll see how good they act because their defense was a weak point last year. I was about to say, it's, gonna, it's not going to depend on their defense. But if their, off, their offense is going to carry them through a lot of games, Tennessee is going to put up a ton of points this yep. year. I'm caught right now. The wide receiver court is stacked. It's one of the best in the country. And now you've got quarterbacks with cannons. Their, their, their scheme their, is, is 100% driven towards high-powered, deep balls. I mean, their offense is really good. Um, and I, I remember thinking that last year when I watched them play South Carolina. So that's my pick. Now, let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask you. Your team that was not on the top 25 that you think could make a splash. I don't think it's any surprise. I mean, I really don't. But For those of you that cannot hear, Mike is, is attempting to play Sandstorm. No surprise with the University of South Carolina this year. We'll be in the top 25, and we are going to show everyone that we are not a team to be messed around with. Obviously, I'm a little biased. I work for the team. I also go to the school. Um, but I, uh, truth be told, I really do think we're going to be a team that people are going to look at us and be like, oh, wow, this, this team's got something something special. I mean, looking at our defense, our defense last year really carried us. I mean, we had we didn't have the best quarterback play. Obviously, you know, we had some injuries going down. We had some guys that had to come in and play that really weren't supposed to play. You know, so and we still were able to finish the season off on a high note against that UNC team with that bowl game win. And now we add Spencer Rattler into the mix. We had Krista Beal in at running back. So we got an offense that can play. We still got Josh Van on the outside. We got Jaheim Bell. Connor Stogner's there. Austin. Austin Stogner. Austin Stogner, sorry. My bad. He's going <laughs> to kill me for that. But uh, just looking at what South Carolina is doing with Shane Bieber, I mean, we got some talent on the offense. Our offensive line is looking a lot better and we got that defense that's been there i mean our defensive front line is still one of the best i think in the sec and i'm telling you with our schedule and the teams that we're playing and with the talent we have especially on the offensive side of the ball now because we've been carried by our defense in past years we're going to see the university of south carolina in the top 25 and i love that pick especially as a gamecock fan i and i know for those of you that, that actually listen to me when i talk about the gamecocks I'm very honest. Yeah. If I think we're bad or if I think we're going to struggle or this and that, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it 100%. Yep. In the years that we were bad, I said we're going to be bad. 
But in the years we're good, I've said we're going to be good. And I think we are going to be good this year. And now you gave a more yours, – yours is all complimentary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more – and I just want to <laughs> make it very clear to everyone listening. This is my personal opinion, and I do not work for the USC football team. So I'm going to just – this is not Mikey's views. These are my views. The key to our success this year as a Gamecock fan or as a Gamecock football team is going to be Marshawn Lloyd. That's what I believe. Yeah. Okay, Marshawn Lloyd is – we lost Kevin Harris. It's a big loss. We, I, we, did, we did bring in um, – you just said his name. Christian Beal. I keep forgetting his name. Christian Beal from Wake Forest, experienced running back. Yep. Yeah, Marshawn Lloyd has been here for a while. Um, Juju McDowell is, is, had, Love Juju. had great, Love Juju. great year last year. It was really a surprise for us. Yep. Um, you got Jaheim Bell, Josh Van, like you said – and now with Rattler, and, and it, I know the key, obviously, if you're, if you, like, obviously, it also depends on Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Obviously. But, you know, to, minus that, it's Marshawn Lloyd, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. Marshawn Lloyd can be the back that Kevin Harris was for us, that power back that gets us the yards where we can just keep feeding him the ball mm-hmm. and open up space for Rattler to ramp, to scramble and, and find Josh Van and, and really open up the passing game. We're going to be a very good team offensively because we're bringing back most of our defense. Only question marks at linebacker for me personally. That's that's what I I want to see more. I want to see in the first couple weeks. I think our secondary is the best unit on our defense. Um, so yeah, I'm very high on it, and I'm gonna look at it right now. And I know you can't do this, but I'm gonna do it because if Mike was doing this, he would pick South Carolina to win every single game. We go undefeated, national yep. champions, as he should. But here is my my opinion on on the year. First game, Georgia State. Got to be careful. And the only reason I say that is I think we're a better team than Georgia State, obviously. We just have to be careful because the optimism right now is really high. The enthusiasm in the program is really high. Everything is really, really high. We can't go into that game like thinking it's a cakewalk. Yep. We need to go in there and make a statement. Blow them out because we have the capability of blowing them out. Yeah. We can beat them by 50, I believe. We have to actually go out there and do it, though. It has to be another talk. we got to go out there and actually do it. And I think we will, so we're 1-0. But I'm just saying we got to be careful there. 1-0 after Georgia State. But also, I, I don't want to beat them too bad because Sean Elliott's coming back, and I always have a soft spot for Sean Elliott. Yeah. Um, our interim head coach. But anyway, I think we want to know Georgia State. This is a big one. And it's, it, it, it's rare that we have a massive game for, that could determine a lot for us in week two. Arkansas. Um, I do think we beat Arkansas. I think it's going to be and I, because I think this team is built, the, what, Shane Boomer, what Shane Boomer, Shane Beamer is building. Um, is built for a moment like this, you yeah. know, on the road. Um, it's not going to be an easy game, but I do think South Carolina edges out Arkansas. Um, I'm not as big on Arkansas as I was last year. Uh, I think Arkansas kind of shies away when, they, when they're playing a really physical dominant team. We saw that when they played Georgia last year. I think South Carolina will – I think it will be a good game. I think South Carolina gets a massive, massive road win over Arkansas um, and moves on 2-0 heading into that week against Georgia. And here's the thing. We played Georgia. And it's going to be – and it's at home, correct? Yeah, it's at, yeah home. it's at home. Yeah, yeah, it is. I knew that. South Carolina against Georgia. Georgia needs to be careful for that. A 2-0 South Carolina team that just beat Arkansas on the road, if, if it goes the way I – because, like I said, this is all saying it's going the way I predict. We're going to be ready to go. Williams Bryce is going to be rocking. It's one of the hardest places to play in college football. You know, I, Stetson Bennett – I'm not a big. I'm not massive on Stetson Bennett. I know he just won our championship. I'm still not massive on him. He is very underproven in my opinion. But uh, like I said, he won, a, he won our championship. Whatever. I, I, I think I had a lot to do with the pieces around him, not as much yeah. him, which is rare to say because typically the quarterback is the, is the focal point. But I think Georgia had so many great pieces around him that it made his job probably the easiest possible. But 
We can't all think from like I know you can. I can't just think sunshine and rainbows. I think it's a dog fight. I think Georgia edges us. Um, I th- like I said, I think it's a fight. I think one thing that really like hurts us too, I, weirdly enough, is that game's a noon game. And I think yeah. just something about Williams. I know it's gonna be packed no matter what, but something about a Williams Bryce against Georgia noon game. Just, I feel like it's not as intimidating. The stadium's as, always rocking, but if this was if this was a night game, it, oh, it, dude, it, yeah. different atmosphere at a night game. A seven different atmosphere. The only good thing about it being noon is if we win, we got all fucking day to go crazy. <laughs> um, so I think Columbia will burn down to the ground. <laughs> I I think, and even say we lose Arkansas, I think we split one of those those games. So we're two and one. Beat Charlotte three and one. Beat South Carolina State four and one. I I think. You know, I would have said it was – I'm like 50-50 about the Kentucky game because of how many times they beat us. But after what Mark Stoops said, I know Shane Beamer is using that as bullet, uh, bulletin board material. I think he's going to go into that game. We're going into Lexington, and we are beating the shit out of Kentucky. I'm calling a blowout on Kentucky. I, I firmly believe that. I think we leave, Kentucky, we leave Lexington 5-1. A&M. I can't pick us over A&M. I'm, first of all, I'm really high on AM. And secondly, I think AM is a team we, we haven't beat them. So. Texas AM is a really good team. So I mean, they're they're a good team. They got they got some players over there. I mean, Texas AM, no matter if they were even good or not, it's always gonna be a fight just because they're they're an SEC team as well. Yeah. They're a good team. I'm not gonna sit here and try to act like they're not. They're a good football team. I I, I just can't pick us over AM. Especially with the talent they have and we haven't beat them before. Yeah, I know, I know it's at home, but I, I just can't. I can pick them over right now. I know you can, and you will. <laughs> um, I do like us over Missouri. I like us over Vanderbilt. And I like us over Florida. The, the, the sad thing is, though, it never works out like that. It never works football. out, especially in the SEC. It never works out. Like, I look at this right now. Yeah, we're better than all three of those teams. It never works out like that. So I don't know who. And we'll say Tennessee. I don't know who amongst those we lose to, but we're dropping at least one. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's Missouri. I hope to God it's not Missouri or Vanderbilt. I hope to God it's not. And after we beat Florida last year, I hope it's not them. So, and I picked Tennessee earlier. I think South Carolina can beat them. I'm going to say we lose one of those. So, right now we're at three losses. And this is where everybody thinks, like, South Carolina, they're like, they look Clemson, all right, Carolina lose Clemson, eight and four, good season. Fuck that. I think this is the year. <laughs> this is, I'm, and I say it all the time, and I said I wasn't going to put this out in the air because I, every time I say this, Clemson makes us look freaking stupid. But I'm saying it because I firmly believe it. You know, last year we were a bit naive thinking we were going to beat Clemson because we, we didn't, we had an unexperienced quarterback play. Um, just we weren't, we weren't as talented as we are now. Yeah. We're, we're way more talented than we were last year. I know it's in Death Valley, but that, that stadium is not as intimidating as they make it out to be. I like South Carolina over Clemson. I like South Carolina at nine and three, and we're gonna get a good bowl game. We're gonna win that. South Carolina's gonna finish ten and three. That is my that is my prediction. I, I don't care what anybody says. You can say I'm biased. I'm being so serious. The the reason I'm being I, you can think I'm biased because I've actually really looked into this team because it's my team. We are ten and three when the season's said and done, um, and we are gonna finally get that monkey off our back in Death Valley. It's gonna feel so nice because I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna make Study Hall burn to the ground. I will. Um, I will say this. Not. Not. I'm not going to go into depth about like the players and stuff like that, and and everything going into that, and or even the games necessarily. I will just say, from being able to experience it firsthand, being able to go to practice and stuff like that, just seeing the kind of momentum and the energy and the culture that we're building here at, at South Carolina. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, just really think about where we've came from since we've had Shane Beamer in our program. 
it's it's insane and it's it's a really it's a pleasure to be able to watch us and see what culture he's building there. I'm telling you, South Carolina is building something special. We're going to be a good football team. We're going to be a really good football team for years to come. Yeah, I, I couldn't have been more. And I've like I said, I'm an honest fan. In years past, I've been like, yeah, we're going to be probably six win team. I'm like yeah. optimist, like seven wins. This is the most excited I've been about a team since the golden era with in 2012, 2013, like those years. I, yeah. I haven't felt this way since then. Yeah. Um, maybe arguably one of the Jake Bentley years. Um, I can't remember. I, I want to say maybe 2017. I thought we. I felt similar, but still, it just wasn't the same. I feel really, really good for the first time in, in close to a decade um, yeah. that about, about this upcoming season. Um, but I knew this was going to happen. It was going to become the South Carolina Gamecock podcast. I knew that. Uh, we'll start talking about it. But um, we're going to move on from that. Move on from college football. Oh, we're going to have a lot more to talk about, I'm sure, once you know, week one gets kicked off here very soon. Um, college football, once it gets going, man, that's my thing. I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, 14 more days till home opener for South Carolina. Breaking it down. 14 more days, Counting baby. down the seconds. But we're going to move on to so another thing we got to talk about. Um, we said it was going to be a football podcast today, talking about the NFL. Um, you know, it's preseason right now, training camp, a lot of stuff's happened. It's more of just evaluating talent and who's, who's performed yeah. well, who's, who's living up to what they were picked, and so on and so forth. Um, so, but we, before we get into that, let's discuss the Deshaun Watson thing. And I, when I say that, I don't want to talk because we, we're not – going to sit here and talk about the, the core legality side of things, right? We're just going to talk football. So this podcast is for. So Deshaun Watson, suspension's been upgraded to a... An 11-game suspension. 11-game uh, suspension. So what... Because they have, they have a really good team. They do. They, they have do. a really good team. Amari Cooper was an unbelievable get, I believe. Yeah. Um, they're fine at the tight end. And Joe Cruz are starting tight end, correct? Yeah. They're, they're fine at tight end. They've got a decent receiving core. You know, I know Kareem Hunt just requested a trade, but they're not going to trade him. He's going to play because yeah. if he does, it's going to decrease his value. He's going to play. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league. They've got a good. They've got a good offense. They've got a really good secondary. Denzel Ward, Grady Williams. Yeah. They got Miles Garrett there. They they've got, got a lot of pieces. They got pieces. I mean, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, as, as much as I hate to say it, and they got a good coach with Stink out, uh, Kim Stelsky. I'm butchering his name, but he's a good offense coach. They got a good team, but now with Deshaun out, I wasn't really that high on him even with Deshaun because Deshaun's been out for about a year. It's gonna take it was gonna take him a little bit to get back into the groove of things. I mean, we got to see that in preseason. He looked awful yeah. first in his first game in the preseason. But now he's out and now Jacoby Brissett's stepping up and uh, we've seen what Jacoby Brissett is. He's a guy who's gonna be a game manager who's really gonna rely on the run game, rely on the defense to get things done for him. He's not gonna push the ball deep down the field. So now you're looking at the Cleveland Browns, I mean all right, so week one, they play against the Panthers. That's a big game because, you know, Baker's obviously in Carolina. I think Baker takes it. I think Baker's – he always plays with that chip on his shoulder, and now he's got an even bigger chip. I think he takes it, especially against Jacoby Bursett. So I think I think they lose against the Panthers week one. And it's kind of good down the list. I think they would do win against the Jets. I think they do lose to my Steelers with that defense. I think Mitch – I hope it's Mitch. I don't know if it's going to be Mitch or Kenny Pickett. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Mitch. I think we take that. I don't think – with our suck. with our defense, I don't think Jacoby Percet's going to be really be able to do anything. So it's going to all come down to what Nick Chubb can do. And I think with our defensive line, I don't think they win that. They beat the Falcons. They're obviously going to lose the Chargers. Just going down the list, I mean, realistically, when they get to week 11, they're probably going to have around five wins. The Browns are probably around eight wins now. With Deshaun, they'd probably be around 11, 12, 13 wins. But without Deshaun till coming to like week 11 – they're probably anywhere from a six to eight win team this season, and that's saying a lot because they were they 
everyone was betting on them to go to the playoffs and maybe make a run at the Super Bowl with Deshaun, but now he's out for eleven games. So. I think looking at this first eleven, I think they're four and seven. I'm telling you, they, I think they're four and seven because I think they lose to the Panthers, like you said, beat the Jets, lose to the Steelers, beat the Falcons, lose to the Chargers. I say beat the Patriots. I think they. I, I, I think say they beat. Lose the I say beat. I say they beat the Patriots and the Ravens. I, they're not beating the Ravens with Lamar. I'm telling you, I think they beat both. There's no way. It's the NFL. You know, you don't know. I think they beat both, but I think this is guaranteed. I think they go on a four week slump here because they got to play the Bengals. They're losing to the Bengals. I, I, I think the Bengals yeah. going to be really good. They're losing to the Dolphins. You are a Dolphin hater, but the Dolphins. They're losing I, to the Dolphins. Stop. You're ridiculous. Jacoby Brissett's going back to Miami. It's not he's like gonna, a... he's gonna be like, you choose two over me. I'm gonna show you why that's a fucking Just mistake. Shut up. He's shut gonna up. beat the Dolphins. I'm calling it here now. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett is beating the Dolphins. They lose to the Bills. They lose to the Bucks. I really hope somehow they lose the Texans because Deshaun's coming back that game. I'm going to take Davis Mills over Deshaun. You're just a Dolphins hater. I hate the Dolphins. I don't know why. I think it's just because of you. Like, I think if you weren't a Dolphins fan, I'd be really high on the Dolphins. But the fact that you're a Dolphins fan, I hate them. I think we're the not even going to get into it because I, I can go forever with you. The Dolphins are a good team. They suck. They're terrible. Who do they have at wide receiver? Tyreek Hill? He sucks, <laughs> I man. <hate> you. <laughs> Anyway, I think they lose to the Bills, they lose to the Dolphins, they lose to the, uh, the Bengals, and they lose to the Bucks. And then they play the Texans when Deshaun gets back. And from that point, I think it's too late. I, I think that, I mean, realistically, if Deshaun, goes, if, if Deshaun goes on a tear at Week 11, they win maybe nine games. Maybe, at best. Coming they're, back they're, first yeah. action in a year and a half. They're, they're a six to eight win team, and that's generous, in my opinion. Yeah. Six to eight I wins. think the Browns, that suspension kind of ended this season, but I will say for the season to come, Deshaun is the player he was when he was before all this. They're going to be a really damn good and team. I, I'm not confident I can sit here and, and say Deshaun's going to be that guy anymore. Uh, Deshaun Watson will be that guy. I don't know. but I was high on Deshaun way before all this stuff happened, but now it's, it's kind of taking a U-turn here. Now, Quickly, because um, the episode's come to a close. Um, some guys that now we've seen some preseason stuff, we've seen some camp stuff. Some NF, some guys that you know maybe weren't because obviously we could sit there and say like our our, our first round picks that stuff. Yeah. Just some guys that are they're not be a rookie. Could be a second year. Could even be a third year guy. Just some guys you think are gonna a guy that you, or a guy or guys that you think are gonna really surprise some people this year. They're gonna be. Almost, I'll, I'll, we'll say sleepers. Yeah. Who do you really think is going to make a make a splash uh, in their first, second, third season? I will say it's it's a wide receiver for the Bills, and I'll, I was reading up on it. Isaiah McKenzie, I thought he was a, a good gadget player last year for the Buffalo Bills. They also had Emmanuel Sanders there, Gabriel Davis, and and Stephon Diggs, so he didn't get that much playing time. But now Emmanuel Sanders is out. Gabriel Davis is kind of taking over that number two, and they did sign Jameson Crowder, but Crowder has been getting special team reps, and Isaiah McKenzie's really taking over that third. Uh, wide receiver position. I think Isaiah McKenzie, I mean, he's a speed guy. He's got some good hands, good route runner. I think Isaiah McKenzie is going to be a target for, for Josh Allen, and he's going to be a really good player. Yeah, the and, it, Bills. and in that pass-first offense, yeah. he's got a lot of opportunity. With Josh Allen as well, he's got a lot of opportunities I, to be that I, guy. I could see, I mean, everyone's high on Gabriel Davis, and he rightfully so, but what he did against the Chiefs. But I think Isaiah McKenzie can be that guy that Sneakley's coming up for the wide receiver two number spot if he shows what he can actually do because yeah. he's, he's a special type of player. I like it. Mine, I, and I'm, I picked a different one. I had two, but I'm going to say this one because I thought you were going to steal him from me being a Steelers fan. I, I, I assume you are going to take so, him, so I went a different so route. So, miscommunication. Um, my rookie of – now, this is solely dependent on who is throwing him the football. It and doesn't matter. And he's still going to be raw. It doesn't if, matter. He it's, will be good. Down, I, he's definitely going to be a future Pro Bowler. I'm saying this year specifically, depending on who's throwing him the ball and if they're worth a shit, which I don't think Kenny Pickett or 
Mitch Trubisky oh, worth a shit. God, but, but I'm gonna is worth a shit. Yeah, he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. But um, <laughs> oh, dude. But you got those oh, two. You got those most two. Most accurate throwing interceptions. We got those two dipshits under center. So we'll see. Anyway, so we'll say hypothetical. We'll say your fantasy land of Mitch Trubisky is good. Um, I think George Pickens, steal the draft. rookie of the year the type receiver. Yeah. I mean, he. It's some. This is his whole play style. He's so physical. Right off yeah. the line, he's so physical, and he's a speed demon. He's an yeah. unbelievable route runner. He, we saw that at Georgia. He's showing out in the preseason, making great catches. Yep. George Pickens, I'm telling you, whether it's this year or whatever you're done, he's first of all, he's a future fucking Pro Bowler. Yeah, I think. I mean, the hype around George Pickens, I haven't heard of the hype around a guy like this wide receiver even in the first round in a long time. But he's getting so much hype, and, and rightfully what, so. What round was he drafted? In second, he was he was drafted second round, and. He's, in my opinion, I thought he was a first-round receiver, but he did get injured at Georgia, so it hurt, it hurt his draft status, status a little bit, and I love it. There's a lot of guys out there that I honestly rather – that went ahead of him. Like a guy that I'm high on, but I still – like I'm high on Chris Olave, Yeah. right, with the Saints. I'm high on him, but I think I would have rather had George Pickens. Dude, I They're mean, very similar, but His I, body control is just insane. And he's so strong yeah. to be that size and with that quick. He's got – there's no weakness in his game. There is. The only weakness is up here. Yeah. Because he gets pissed off. You don't yeah. know what he's going to do. Yeah, but Mike Tomlin co- kept AB under wraps and kept Le'Veon Bell under wraps for a very long time, so I'm confident Mike Tomlin. If, I mean, if, it's if a good George, if, I don't even think George Pickens is like those guys. I don't want to compare George Pickens to those guys Yeah, with his mental state or whatever because I think he's a good dude. He's a good player. But if it so happens that he doesn't have that attitude problem, Mike, Mike Tomlin would take care of him. Yeah. Well, okay, so that, I thought Mike was going to call that one, so I have two now. Um, one is Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, I saw him Bears. in a preseason game the other day. He's a safety for the Bears, and he's one of the few bright spots in that Bears organization because I think, in my opinion, they're the worst team in the NFL right now. Yeah, because um, I, I even like I'm actually somewhat high on the Texans to be honest with you, but we'll get to that in a, just a little bit. Yeah, but I think the Bears. He's one of the few bright spots that they have going for him right now because who who just requested a trade? One of their oh, their Juan best Smith. player, Roquan <laughs> Smith. Yeah, that's that is their best player. One of the best linebackers in the league. Just I will say though that if 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 Jaquan Brisker, he's a, if, He's out of Penn State. He's a rookie, but he's a big, just physical safety, right? Yeah. Physical, strong safety. He gets he gets in into the run defense. He makes he's had, he had a couple sacks in the preseason game. He really stops the run well, as well as having a good cover coverage guy. The Bears, the, every other position, they probably they're awful. They have the worst receiving core in all of the NFL. Awful. Justin Fields is getting. I, I, this is not fair to him, in my opinion, as well. But that's a different story for another day. Uh, but with their safety, I think they might have one of the best safety duos. If he keeps playing the way he is right now, and he performs the way that Jaquan Brisker has shown, yeah, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker back there. That's, that's a pretty good safety duo right there. One of the best safety duos in the league, in yeah. my opinion. Um, so I think Jaquan Brisker is one. And, and now with a with a team like the Bears, he's going to have a chance to really be a bright spot. I I, I really am high on him. Yeah. That's my rookie pick. My second year guy is another safety, and and I and I and I'm not even I'm honestly not saying this because a Dolphins fan. Maybe it's because I see more of him. I think Javon Holland is going to be a very good safety in this league. No, he um, is. I, I agree with that. And I'm a, I'm a Miami hater, but he 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 showed flashes last year. I think this is going to be the year where he actually breaks out and puts his name in the conversation. Yeah, because when we, when we drafted him out of Oregon, I was I mean I was like yeah, yeah. I mean, he seemed like a very uh, undersized safety almost. Yeah. Um, there wasn't too much about his game that I, I thought he was just a college safety. Mm-hmm. But last year, he proved me completely wrong. I didn't expect him to start. He started 13 yeah. of the 16 games last year. I'm pretty sure he started week one. Yeah. Um, two interceptions, two fumbles, um, three fumble recoveries. He had 70 tackles. That's and a lot. And 10 pass deflections. Yeah. 
I think that's only going to increase from here. Mm-hmm. Going, that was his rookie year. Going into second year, I think Javon Holland is a name that a lot of people are going to start really looking into because, like I said, in the rookie year to have that many starts and have that many tackles and, and statistics as a rookie going into his second year, I'm looking for him to make a massive leap. Um, yeah, going, going off what you're, you're kind of doing rookies, I'm going to pick two guys here that were stars that now no one really talks about anymore. And one's on, on my team in Miles Jack, the linebacker from Jacksonville. He was a star with that Jacksonville defense with Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye. All those guys were there, and then the Jaguars just kind of fell off, and everyone kind of forgot about Miles Jack, who's only 26. Miles Jack signed with the Steelers with the Brian Flores. Miles Jack is going to be one of the best middle linebackers in the league. He's going to prove why he was talked about so much way back in the day. Not even way back in the day, because he's still young. Miles Jack is going to be a name to watch out for. And there's a wide receiver who no one's talked about. He was a top five wide receiver two years ago, and that's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is finally back and healthy, and no one's talking about Michael Thomas. They're all talking about the rookie there. They're all talk- yep, they're all talking about everybody else. Michael Thomas was a top five wide receiver two years ago. And everything out in training camp is saying he looks like his old self. His ankle's fine. He is 29, so he's getting a little bit out up there in age. Michael Thomas is going to have a great year this year. Jameis Winston loves to throw the ball around. I mean, we can see what Jameis did. He had 5,000 yards passing last time. He was, a, he was a true starter. Yeah, he throws those interceptions, but he's going to push the ball down the field. So to have both of those wide receivers there, Michael Thomas is going to be back. Yeah, I think the big thing is, one, he hasn't played in forever. And two, you know, when he was playing, he had Drew Brees. I mean, I know Jameis Winston, like you said, he's, he's, he's a gunslinger, but you go from Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, there aren't going to be some question marks there. But I, I do agree. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. I, I think – yeah, I mean, they don't have a very strong receiving core. Um, adding Chris Olave, I think, was a great pickup. Oh, yeah. Um, so that shouldn't maybe help him out a little bit more. So we'll see. I think Michael Thomas could have a really good year. It's just – it's really, it's almost like the Deshaun thing. And I haven't seen him in so long. It's hard for me to really put him up in the caliber of some of these other guys I have seen. Well, that's why they're a sleeper guy. And Michael. Th- I mean, we've seen what Michael Thomas can do. Like, it, it's not like this guy had a one great year and then got injured and now he's coming back. He had multiple great years got injured, couldn't stay healthy, so missed these two years. Two years of not getting hit, though, I don't think he's going to be your typical 29-year-old. We'll see. 29 is old, though. we got to keep but, and you know, For the NFL. And you know how, and you know how NFL guys, I mean, it, when they start aging, they age. I mean, look at Julio Jones. I mean, when it just ha- when it happens, it happens. Hey, Julio could have a breakout year, too. With Tom I knew you were going to say that. Who knows? If, if, Tom that, Brady, if, Tom Brady. if he stays healthy, which I don't think Julio will stay healthy. His hamstring is as, as strong as a paperclip at this point. But... <laughs> Well, uh, that's a good episode, uh, strictly football-based. Um, we're going to hopefully get some more. We're going to have a lot more to talk about with college football coming up soon. Um, you know, not really too much going on other than just waiting for football to start. Yeah. Uh, the basketball world has been pretty dead. We're still waiting on the inevitable of Kevin Durant coming back to the Nets. And the uh, inevitable Kevin Durant will probably go play in Australia at this time. <laughs> Nobody else wants Donovan that. Mitchell not even getting traded. So, yeah, all that stuff. I know it was so hot. I really thought Miami was going to get him. I'm just ready for We're going to really dive in deep with, especially college football, but really NFL once the final preseason game's done. I'm ready to dive into who's going to be starting at quarterback, what these rookie quarterbacks look like in all their week and like week one to week four performances, see yeah. who gets better. You know, see what guys are popping off. I mean, we're gonna. It's only been we're going into week two now, the preseason. So there's not that much to talk about because I don't want to get off like Kenny Pickett. Oh my God, he looked good. Or Desmond didn't look. It's one game, right? So let's give us like a couple more weeks to see these guys before we really dive into depth about who might be a bust, who might not be a bust. Those types of things. Yeah. So yeah. So hopefully we'll get back to you next week. Um, talk more about that, and then the following week 
it's it's time for it's go time. It's time man. for college football. It's go time. Uh, so yeah, excited. Well, excited thanks for listening times. to this episode of that damn sports podcast. Keep in mind, you can go back and watch or listen to any of our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your streaming platforms. Um, we're also, like I said, we got four things of social media on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So go give us a like, a follow, a share, um, and uh, you can keep up to date with us. So thanks for listening to that episode or this episode of that damn sports podcast. We will see you guys next week.